As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Auto Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman, and we are here to talk Indiana football as they face the Wisconsin Badgers on Saturday at noon on Big Ten Network in Bloomington at Memorial Stadium. We'll also wrap up last week's narrow loss to Penn State and uh, and then look forward to the, the last four games of the season. Um, TJ, first of all, happy Halloween. I hope everybody listening um, had a great time t- trick-or-treating. I know um, – you're going out after this, but as soon as it's uh, uploaded, uh, people will have trick-or-treated. So get the good candy, and uh, if people give you candy corn, uh, put that garbage straight into the trash. That's right. Yeah, the candy corn will not be part of the parent tax uh, that I, I take. Um, that that will not be part of what I take is. My parent tax offering, I'm hoping for some Reese's, you know, um, anything with chocolate and peanut butter is a winner. For me, something that uh, Indiana was not on Saturday, falling to, to two and six. However, I do think there were some positives uh, for us to take from that game. There's no reason to be constantly doom and gloom when IU does give you a rather, I'd say, enjoyable uh, enjoyable game for the most part, certainly some frustrations, but uh, a lot of positives to take from that game. I think first and foremost, the offense was able to find some explosive plays. That was fun to watch. That was fun to watch. And well, if um, I, people in the radio booth didn't know, I, I couldn't see half the field. I have to stand up and, and get in front of Rhett and stuff like that. So I, I caught the tail end of the – or the, the beginning and then the just the tail end of the, the Queese Carter touchdown. Um, but saw the whole Donovan McCulley thing. I, fun fun plays. Um, you know, it was aggressive play calling, especially down inside, uh, you know, at the 10 – at your own 10-yard line. But, yeah, football right. for at least for 58 minutes of game time or, you know – um, 57 minutes of game time. Football was fun again. It, it was, uh, at least for IU fans, Penn State fans were not happy about their performance against IU, but that's not our problem. But football was fun. You had, uh, it looked like you you found your quarterback in Brandon Sorsby. Yes, he made some freshman mistakes, but uh, he grew up a lot too. Uh, the throw to Omar Cooper Jr., to uh, get IU within 24-21 was big time, and that was after he got crunched on the sideline um, and, and came off uh, holding his shoulder, which was something we asked about after the game. He said he was fine. Allen said he was fine. Uh, but, of course, you know, while it was fun, there was still a lot of errors that IU made, a muff punt, uh, missed field goal, uh, big kickoff return, the interception before halftime, and then of course, uh, with with IU having a chance to take the lead with a touchdown, you get an interception inside the uh, Penn State twenty five yard line. You run three plays and kick a field goal to tie it, and uh, that that TJ turned out to be the turning point of the game. Um, 
What did you take? Yep. What What's your take on that? To me, it was you have victory right there for the taking. You have a quarterback who was throwing the ball well uh, most of the day, and you you didn't take a shot. Now I understand the third down play calling at third and nine. Um, you know exactly, but I don't. I don't like the first and second down play calling to not even take a shot at getting a first down or, you know, if you get a first down or a couple first downs there and score a touchdown, that game's over. We're talking about an IU win. Yep. Uh, I think that's the, that's my agreement point right there. The point I was going to make the third down call, which is what has gotten the most attention. I understood Penn state was going to be bringing pressure on that play. Uh, Manny Diaz known for that, particularly on third down, doing whatever they could to force Soresby either one out of field goal position or two uh, into a mistake. That's, that's exactly what Penn state was going to go for on that third down. Indiana knew it and opted to play that one conservative. Yes, it was conservative. It was safe. It was opting for the tie instead of going for the win. I understood it on third down. I was not at all happy with the first and second down decisions. After that interception, Penn State was reeling. Uh, There was a a real feeling that, holy crap, we might actually lose this game, we being Penn State. Uh, Indiana could have taken advantage of that with the quick change, uh, taken a shot, or at the very least attempted – a an aggressive play on first down and I thought we got the opposite of that on all three of those play calls so taken as a whole I thought it was the wrong approach um I think a little bit too much of it has been made in terms of oh you have a losing culture and that's why you're just exacerbating the losing culture I I think that's going a bit a bit far Uh, but I, I understand the the overall frustration in that Getting yourself into those positions, particularly on the road against a top 10 team, is a very, very rare occurrence for Indiana football. And you had a chance to see something, and you chose not to do it. That's the most simplistic approach, is that you played scared. Um, Scared to make a mistake, scared to have Brendan Sorsby make a mistake. And I'll go back to something you said just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, and tie it into something Brendan Sorsby said in media availability. Um, You mentioned aggressive play calling deep inside of Indiana's own territory, giving Sorsby, trusting Sorsby uh, with a chance to make a play instead of just we'll hand the ball off three times and punt the ball away because at least we didn't make mistakes deep in our own in, in our own end. And, Sorsby mentioned in the media availability that he trusted Rod Carey and Rod Carey trusts him. I I don't know if that's true quite yet. Um, I, I, I think Sorsby does trust Rod Carey. That's, I have no reason to doubt that. I don't think that the IU coaches 100% trust Brendan Sorsby just yet. That's not a criticism. It's understandable this early in his career, but the sequence of play calls after that interception illustrate they don't quite trust it yet. Um, 
And again, that's it's understandable. It's not me taking a shot at Soresby. I thought Indiana should have given him a chance to go win that game right there. And then for Tom Allen to we kind of double down on it and say, look, I I would do that third down call again. Okay. And, hey, it's on the defense to go make a stop. Well, sure, yeah, it is. But you had your chance on offense to, one, run more clock. You get a first down, Penn State's got to start thinking about using timeouts if you're getting down there near the end zone. Or you are running time down so that when you do tie it up with the field goal, if that's what you have to end up doing – Penn State has less of a chance to be able to strike back and you have a greater chance to get to overtime. Or you get a first down, you get two first downs, and your thinking changes, and then you make a couple of aggressive play calls to get into the end zone. Um, so I I think that it was the wrong approach on first and second down. Uh, and ultimately, you know, we know how it unfolds. The defense gives up a long pass play something Penn State has had basically none of all season. Uh, of course, they were able to find one when they absolutely had to have it to Keandre Lambert-Smith down the sideline. Um, so that's frustrating, and that IU's defense really did a good job of preventing Penn State from being able to make any big plays down the field. That's something Penn State's had a hard time with all season. You knew they would try to get it on track. They took a number of shots. And IU was in pretty good position on most of them. Uh, I thought deep field on long vertical passes, I thought the coverage was pretty darn good for Indiana. Uh, Some issues with tackling, but look, Penn State's got a couple of very talented running backs uh, and Drew Aller's a, a, a big quarterback. So I think that the tackling issues were more to do with Penn State's offensive skill and size at those positions, as opposed to IU just having a bad tackling game. Um, I think that Penn State deserves some credit for that. But uh, overall, Tom Allen's right. It's on the defense, you know, to make a stop. But you, as the the offense, had a chance, and you, as the head coach, had a chance to really help make their situation much easier uh, and put Penn State in a more desperate situation than what you ultimately ended up doing. Um, and that that was my overall frustration is that I felt like Indiana took the absolute safest option when really I think being more aggressive would have put Penn State into a more difficult position. And honestly, I think that Soresby, the way that he was playing, I, I really feel like he would have made a play on first and yeah. second down, if you would have given him a chance uh, to make one, I feel like he would have. The way that that game was going at that time, now, we'll never know. That's revisionist history uh, for me to, to say that, but that's my opinion on it, and I, I will I will continue to believe that. Um, I, I will say we got to feel pretty good about Soresby moving forward, because I, I I think he showed quite a bit. He showed a lot of toughness, uh, showed decisiveness. I thought he was very decisive with his reads, decisive with his decision-making on where he was going to go with the ball, uh, did not show much hesitation on whether to run or to pass. 
made quick decisions on, hey, there's pressure here. My first two reads aren't there. I'm tucking it. I'm getting what yardage I can. I'm preventing us from going behind schedule on offense. Uh, didn't really make too many bad throws where it was like that was a force. Uh, you really put nope, your team at the, risk of getting a turnover there. I, just I, I a throw right did, before halftime. I thought he played very well, too. Yeah. 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 I think there's a lot to like about that moving forward. Now, it's one game. It is just one game. And it does not mean that Sorsby is going to be a star and is going to play awesome against Wisconsin. It, progression is not a linear path. But that was a good example of, you know, a, a real flash of potential that to me gave very strong, uh, really good Peyton Ramsey vibes. And I don't say that as anything but a compliment. I thought he showed that type of toughness uh, and grit as well as, you know, the ability to make some, some nice throws, some nice runs, and do some good things for the offense. That Those are kind of the vibes that I was getting from that performance. Yeah, he made some throws that Peyton Ramsey couldn't make. But other than that, yeah, he's got the grit and the toughness yeah, no, that's he needs to be. That's true. To, to be a, a, a quarterback for, for IU. And let's talk about this Wisconsin game. Um, you know, with the light of does that – Penn State game give you hope that yeah IU has to go as Tom Allen said they're in playoff mode which they have to win out yeah. to go to a bowl game which is highly unlikely given the history of IU football and the last two three years put together um, but you have game, three games uh, or three games against West opponents um, and you got your other game against Michigan State who is probably the worst team in the Big Ten. If it is not IU right now, it's it's Michigan State. Uh, four winnable games. You got two at home, two on the road, two trophy games. And, you know, that's that's the, the scope you want to look at this Wisconsin game. It's the final third of the season. Um, can IU grab a couple of these? And it, and it starts at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's coming off a tough loss to Ohio State. Um, they're going to be <clears> – <throat> they're dealing with some injury issues as well. Uh, Braylon Allen left the Ohio State game uh, with an injury, was in a boot on the sideline for the second half of that game. You got Chimere Dike, uh, who's their second leading receiver, uh, their best kick returner as well. He has been injured. He's I, – I listening to Luke Fickle's press conference, it did not sound like he was playing. Um and then Allen didn't practice on Sunday, but it's also only Tuesday. What What are your thoughts on on this Wisconsin team? The Braylon Allen injury is a, a big one. Um, he's a very talented running back that uh, has given people a lot of problems. I mean, Wisconsin. There's been a lot of talk uh, all off season about how you know much. Things were going to change under Phil Longo, new offensive coordinator, definitely spread principles uh, with his offensive philosophy. But all that being said, Wisconsin, you know, Luke Fickle will be silly not to kind of lean on what he has available to him right now. And that's a physical offensive line and Braylon Allen that have combined uh, to give Wisconsin 4.77 yards per carry, uh, which puts them first in the Big Ten. Uh, for yards yeah. per per rush uh slightly ahead of michigan so 
um, you know, I, I think that eventually that's where Longo and, and Luke Fickle would like to take this thing. But, you know, it, it's going to be a bit of a transition period, and this has shown it. Now, changes that you see are less of the two and three tight end sets uh, that you're used to seeing, kind of the heavy Wisconsin uh, packages. Um, you're seeing more four wide sets, so a little bit more of a spread look with those power principles. Um, and that's provided a little bit of a problem for teams, uh, but also a problem for Wisconsin in that they don't have the tight ends that they typically do, or they just don't know quite how to utilize those guys. I'm not sure which, um, but I, I, I think I would lean towards they're just not being the talent that they usually have at tight end, even as recently as guys like Jake Ferguson, uh, Hayden Rucci is their top tight end and he has seven catches on the year. Um, so you're, you're really not getting anything out of the tight end outside of blocking. And as a result, they've moved to more four wide sets. Uh, second wide receiver, uh, Shamiri DK probably out. sounds like. So Will Pauling is their best wide out. He's got 41 catches. Uh, he's not real explosive, but, um, good route runner and he he's definitely the best that they have they they're not gonna blow you away with anything on offense but certainly with the injuries that they have they're even more gettable I mean if Braylon Allen doesn't play they're looking at probably going to be going with uh, Jackson Acker who right now is averaging 4.14 yards on 35 carries he was put into a tough spot against Ohio State but didn't look very good. Um, I think you're you're losing quite a bit if Allen goes out. Add into that the Tanner Mordecai also out, um, yep. and Mordecai gave them something in the run game. So your your run games really hurt quite a bit uh, with those two absences if Allen can't go. Um, I think if that ends up being the case, you're going to see. I think that they're going to get Braden Locke, freshman quarterback quite a bit of responsibility. I would expect that you would see a whole lot of four wide sets and probably lock attempting more passes than uh, Wisconsin quarterbacks typically do against Indiana, probably two or three times more uh, than what we usually see Wisconsin quarterbacks put up against IU. I think IU's secondary is, is kind of up to that challenge. Uh, they've played pretty well here recently. So um, that's something that we, we, would expect to see on the other side of the ball uh, defensively again, solid unit as you would expect from Wisconsin, not as good as I think they've been in recent years. Um, I think most Wisconsin teams would kind of dog walk this big 10 West, but um, as is the case with that entire division, it's just down across the board um, and Wisconsin right there with that four-way tie for first place. Uh, they do have a lot to play for, though. I mean, it's first year under Luke Fickle, <clears throat> and I think this is a division that even this very mediocre Wisconsin team, they're right there in the driver's seat to win based on their schedule remaining. Uh, you know, they get to host Nebraska, who's actually playing well. Uh, they do go to Minnesota, but I, I don't think much of the Gophers. So Wisconsin's got as good a chance as anybody of winning the Big Ten 
best, but obviously at Indiana is a game they can't afford to lose. Um, so I, for them, there's a lot on the line, but they're going to have to do it with compromised personnel. Uh, uh, to put it simply, if Indiana plays as they did against Penn State, that's going to be good enough to beat Wisconsin. It, it absolutely will. So yeah. the question becomes, do you trust Indiana to be able to put together back-to-back competent performances? That becomes the question, and it would be understandable if your answer to that question was absolutely not. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> some things I want to look at for, for matchups to watch, uh, TJ, is – you know, Indiana's consistency against Wisconsin's Ohio State hangover. Uh, kind of, you know, Penn State played Ohio State the week before Indiana. Wisconsin played Ohio State up at Camp Randall, a night game, a lot of emotion. There's an obvious letdown after that game. You're coming to a noon game in Bloomington where there will be maybe 25,000 people in the stands. Um, and, and you saw the emotional letdown from Penn State. So can Indiana stay the course with that effort and and bring the juice more than Wisconsin? Wisconsin, those injuries are tough for Wisconsin, but Wisconsin is a tough team. Indiana has only beaten them once since 2003. They haven't won at home in this series since 20, uh, 2002, and, and Indiana's lone win was up in, in Madison in 2020 with no fans in the stands. Now I I don't want to discount that win because going up there and winning at any point is, is impressive um, for, for IU. But to me, it's can Indiana bottle up what they did at Penn state and uh, the good things. I don't want to see another drop punt and, and stuff like that, but can they bottle up the good things, take that in practice, buy into this playoff mentality and, you know, keep their bull hopes faintly alive and even a little bit more alive since this is your most difficult opponent remaining on the, on the schedule. TJ, what is your matchup to watch this week? Oh, there we go. Sorry. Had the mute button on. Uh, the matchup to watch for me is going to be Brayden Locke uh, against Indiana secondary. That's a bit under the radar, but I'm anticipating Braylon Allen not to play for Wisconsin, which puts extra responsibility on the freshman quarterback for Wisconsin. Um, I think, you know, the obvious answer here is going to be how does Indiana do on offense? That's what we focused on kind of all year. So going with a bit of a zig, uh, while others zag, I'm going with Wisconsin's freshman quarterback against IU's secondary uh, how do the Hoosiers perform after I felt like they played pretty well as a unit against Drew Aller? I thought there were times where he really did not look to have much confidence uh, in what he was getting, and he wasn't really getting any open looks uh, with with his Penn State receivers. The quality of Wisconsin's wideouts is not any better. Um, so this is a, a – Indiana secondary that I think should feel pretty good about themselves right now. And they, uh, I think have a, an opportunity to play pretty well for a second straight week. And, and Braden Locke, you know, I think is going to be asked to make some plays. So I use secondary will have a chance uh, to get some takeaways. 
give Indiana a short field, hopefully. So that's what I'm going with. I do think an acceptable answer would be how does IU's offense, you know, how do they back up a pretty good performance against Penn State? Are yep. they able to uh, build on that success, especially Brendan Soresby and the wide receivers? Are they able to build on some positive success, which is something they haven't had for a while? Yeah, and and it's 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 another tough defense to do that against uh, with with sure. Wisconsin, um, but you have some momentum, and you know to me there 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 are certain keys to the game that you want to see IU win, and that's you, um, I forgot who said it or if we said it on the podcast uh, last week, but you know Rutgers figured out how to win games when they stopped beating Rutgers. Indiana needs to stop beating themselves in order to win games. Uh, they beat themselves against Penn State. They uh, either left on the field or gave Penn State 19 total points in a game that was, you know, decided by nine. That's huge. You saw it against Rutgers as well. <clears throat> you saw it early in the Louisville game, uh, too, with the blown coverage. Indiana needs to k- take care of their business that means you're you're catching punts. You're not throwing interceptions that lead to the points late in the late in the first half. Where you know, and at worst, that game should have been fourteen fourteen going into halftime. At worst, uh, you know, yeah. no botch snaps on on fourth and and it almost worked out for them, but no botch snaps on on fourth and short in Penn State territory. Uh, and, and things like that. You can't miss field goals. Um, I know that it's November and the weather's starting to turn and, and it gets a little bit harder to kick field goals, but you can't make those mistakes uh, against teams like Wisconsin and Penn State and and win. Now, you nearly did last week, but, you know, you, you take away that um, that muff punt and the uh, missed field goal and IU wins. It's, it's pretty simple, so... They need to, to focus in, clean up the mistakes. I know we've been saying it for two or three years now. That's all you need to do. But it, it's it's time to prove it. People's jobs are on the line and, and things like that. And your postseason hopes are on the line as well. So to me, um, you know, my first key to the game is Indiana can't beat Indiana. Uh, you know, go beat Wisconsin. Don't go beat Indiana. What's your first key to the game, TJ? I I concur with you on that, but in the interest of variety, uh, I will say that the key to the game will be for Indiana to pressure Brayden Locke. Um, we haven't really seen him make a ton of mistakes, which is a credit to him, especially after going against Ohio State's defense. But um, I would I would think that your best bet for success is going to be. Braylon Allen not playing, which hurts Wisconsin's running game. You get after Braden Locke, force him to make some mistakes, and give the secondary a chance to make plays by getting after Braden Locke and heating him up. Um, I think that that's going to be a key for me as I use defensive line and linebackers. Maybe that's some blitz schemes or just beating Wisconsin's offensive line uh, and, and heating up the freshman quarterback into some mistakes. Yeah, and then finally, uh, my second key to the game is Indiana's secondary has to play well as well, and they're dealing with some injuries. You've lost the leader in Noah Pierre. Right, right. 
Um, yeah. You did get Lou Moore back after the targeting injury and stuff like that. But, you know, these young guys are, are growing up pretty quickly. And you saw Jordan Shaw get into the game on, on a couple big third downs. Can he play a bigger role on on Saturday against Wisconsin? Um, you know, do you have those busts in coverage when, when the backups come in? Uh, kind of like what we saw at Nebraska a couple years ago. And then, you know, what you saw at Penn State last week. So can the secondary, one, stay healthy, and two, can they improve their performance to clean up those little things to take away a passing game uh, to where if Wisconsin's down to their third string running back, and this isn't the Wisconsin of, you know, Corey Clement, and they're bringing like Melvin Gordon in as your third running back and stuff like that, um, at least not yet. It's uh, you're down Chaz Malusi and, and Braylon Allen. Those are their two best backs. So, um, yeah, shut down that passing game and, and and you know make them one dimensional, and and you have a shot. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, for kind of my my prediction, uh, I, I do think that Indiana showed us they're not right, not ready to quit yet. Uh, we were kind of like, hey, are we going to be on quit watch? Uh, I don't think that uh, that they're going to do that. I think that they showed. They're here to fight. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, however, um, I, I'm i not ready to take a solid performance against Penn State and jump to, oh, they're going to beat Wisconsin. As I said earlier here in the podcast, the question becomes, can Indiana string together two solid performances? And I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I feel like there's going to be some critical mistakes made by the Hoosiers in what I feel is going to be a pretty close to the vest game. I think Wisconsin's goal is going to be very much keep things simple for Braden Locke. Um, I don't think they're going to be particularly aggressive, keep things simple, try to win the field position battle and attempt to do to Indiana kind of what Rutgers did just beat Indiana by allowing IU to beat themselves. Um, and I, I sort of think that Indiana will oblige. Um, I think it's going to be pretty close, but a Wisconsin close victory, something along the lines of 21 to 17, 24 to 20, right around there. I know the spread as of right now, last I looked was nine and a half in favor of the Badgers. Um, I think that's a little high uh, given I don't, think that Wisconsin's offense is going to really do all that much on a consistent basis against Indiana. Uh, but I, I do think Wisconsin comes out on top in a uh, fairly close game, but one that kind of maybe feels like Wisconsin's always in control of it. Yeah, that, that's, you know, my predictions along those lines of, you know, Indiana should cover the spread. Uh, it opened at 11, so moving it down to nine and a half, maybe some injury news hidden in there that, that Vegas knows yeah. that, that we don't know. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, you're trusting something that hasn't, um, you know, shown itself in, in a couple years. So it, it's hard to trust it. But uh, to me, it, it's going to be a close game. I'm going to take Wisconsin 24, Indiana 21. Uh, I do think Indiana has a real shot at winning this game, especially if you could – if Indiana has to make 
uh, Wisconsin throw the ball and, and get up and score early and things like that, and you could put pressure on a young quarterback, um, they they could walk out of there with a win, uh, and and we'll see. But it's a, a long way to go uh, over the final four games, and, and this is just the next one uh, right now. But, uh, TJ, happy Halloween. Thanks for joining us on uh, on the, the preview podcast. Indiana kicks off at noon on Big Ten Network against uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. And uh, before we get you out of here, uh, we have a message from the uh, Are You In for Indiana group and, and Hoosiers Connect. So Hoosier Nation, are you in for Indiana? Hoosiers Connect, the official NIL collective of IUF Athletics, provides our athletes with NIL opportunities to help them excel in and out of competition. On November 14th, they're calling on IU fans to create the largest day of NIL support for IU athletes. Hoosier Connect, needs your support on November 14th and beyond to help our athletic programs and athletes thrive in this new era of NIL. Let's show the world what it truly means to be part of the Hoosier family. Are you in? Visit inforindiana.com for more information and to see how your contribution to Hoosiers Connect makes a difference. So a big day coming up on, on November 14th. I know a win would go a long way. Um, to, to to help NIL for football. But um, TJ, thanks for joining us. Enjoy uh, trick-or-treating. Hopefully you get some of that peanut butter chocolatey goodness that is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. That's right. Yep, that would be the real win uh, for this week. Forget football. That would be the real win. Uh, but I, I appreciate everybody listening and uh, sticking with us. And uh, I promise that there is going to be a lot of interesting off-season content one way or another, no matter how the, the last month of this season goes. So uh, let's get through these last four games. Hope I, you can make a run here and we'll be for it either way. Yeah, hopefully they can. I uh, have a safe and uh, warm Thanksgiving for those of you listening in the Midwest. It is going to be a cold one. You can follow us at Hoosier underscore huddle on Twitter and come back to HoosierHuddle.com for all your Indiana football news. Uh, thank you and have a great night. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.